The following podcast contains coarse language and subject matter you might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. I remember a little girl that lived just down the way. Even though she looked so sad, she always wanted to play. She would take me around the neighborhood and show me secret spots. But when she tried to show me her home, it was just a vacant lot. She always seemed so lonely when I said I couldn't stay. She said she wished I'd never leave and vowed to find a way. One day she took my hand and led me to the forest down below. She held on as tight as she could no matter how loud I screamed no. I remember feeling sleepy as if I was lost in a dream but I knew my mother would be worried once the morning light did stream. The little girl started to yell, saying, no, you can't go back now. And if your family was still there, they wouldn't see you anyhow. I ran from the little girl and back to my home. But when I looked behind me, she didn't follow. I was all alone. I ran inside my house to find my family there. My parents were quite surprised to find me in such despair. I remember that little girl that lived just down the way. I never saw her again. No more did we play. She used to be a person. Somehow they all forgot. And there she will forever reside, waiting for the next to arrive upon her vacant lot. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. Sometimes haunted occurrences can happen throughout your lifetime. Maybe it's not an isolated incident, rather a series of chilling events. For celebrity chef Claudio Aprile, it was just that, and the apple didn't fall far from the tree. I'm Claudio Aprile. I'm a chef. I'm an entrepreneur. I have judged a show called MasterChef Canada for seven seasons. My perspective on the paranormal really started with my mother. My mother claims that when I was just a few weeks old, my grandmother would come to my crib uh, and rock me to sleep. And that's kind of where it started for me. For a while, I've been searching for haunted stories from spooky restaurants. So I was excited to hear when Claudio said he had a couple. When I was about 14 years old, I was working at the keg. There was this rumor in this restaurant that all the staff knew about, about this ghost named George. Apparently there was a fire in this building way, way back. A janitor or someone named George passed away in this fire. People would see him once in a while. Uh, There were stories of employees that um, said that they watched him walk by them in a stairwell, like they could see him walking by, like beside them. 
as a kid, like 14-year-old, it was very compelling. Claudio had his own interaction with George. So I, I had this one experience. All the lights in this restaurant were on circuits of six. So like it would light up six tables. There was this one light that would go on by itself out of the six. The other five would stay out and one would go on. That was George's like area in this building or the table that he sat or something like that. Fast track, you know, 20 something years later and I opened my own restaurant called Origin. This building that uh, Origin was in was, I believe was 135, 140 years old. It survived the fire, I think it was 1902, the Great Fire in Toronto. It burned down like all of Corktown, King East area. There was an unsolved, still unsolved murder that happened in the back alley where a gentleman was stabbed in the heart and he died standing up. And his name was George. We drew a mural in his kind of honor inside the restaurant of a man all in black with a hat with this red heart. And it was to symbolize this unsolved murder mystery. The restaurant had a little bit of a vibe. I think we all get that weird vibe. You can tell when someone's looking at you from behind. Uh, and I think there was that, that happened to some people, like some of the cooks in the restaurant would feel it. They'd feel there was someone there when there was no one there. Um, just some odd things. For Claudio, the strangest occurrences happened when he moved into an old house in an old town. Um, so I had this one occurrence happen to me in my last home in Richmond Hill. I bought a home on uh, the small street in Mill Pond. And Mill Pond, if you're not familiar with that area, it's a very old historical part of Richmond Hill. It was founded in like 1880 or something. I believe Farley Mowat lived in this neighborhood. Farley Mowat did live in that neighborhood and his historic home still stands there today. It was a mill, a milling town. A lot of history, a lot of very, very old original houses that were protected as historical sites. So a lot of history there. And I spent, I think, what, 10 years there. Activity started very subtle in the home. My first year there, we actually all noticed, my family and I, uh, a lot of banging in the basement, just very abrupt, one little, very loud, very aggressive, controlled hit. And it wasn't consistent, so you couldn't actually, you know, hear the noise and then go and try and explore and investigate where this noise was coming from. You just heard it and then it would just vanish. So things like that would happen there. There was always this weird feeling. There was banging noises. There's always, there's just something there that just never felt right. There was also this smell of perfume that every once in a while you'd get this waft of this like rose scented perfume, but there was no one around. But then it became visual. The 
basement wasn't quite finished yet. Um, there was a lot of space there, and there was just a mop bucket, and it just slid across the floor. And that was just bizarre. Uh, it just went right across the floor by itself. Just kind of looked at it, <laughs> didn't know what to think of it. Claudio then crossed a line with this entity living in his home. Um, and then I did something that apparently you're not supposed to do, which is I taunted whatever this was. I was on my way to work and I was walking down the stairs uh, going from the bedroom area into the main floor. He then felt like he was being watched. And I said, listen, whatever you are, whoever you are, I'm not scared of you. You can't scare me in my house. Big mistake. I proceeded to get into my car. Um, I was traveling southbound on the 404 towards the DVP. And I received a phone call from the alarm company saying that there's been a disturbance in my home. I said, well, how could that be? Because I never arm the um, security system in the day. It's only armed in the evening for you know bedtime. Somehow the system armed itself and then there was some movement in the home which triggered off the alarm system. And then, obviously, the company called to see, you know, what was going on. There's just something there that just never felt right. Then the spirit wanted to show him how angry it was. I had a green couch in this one spare bedroom. And one day I noticed the smell coming out of this room. I knew that it was a burning smell. And I went into the room, looked everywhere, and I saw right in the front face of the couch this slash, which was a burn mark on the couch. It almost looked like someone took a steel rod and heated it up to the point where it was red hot and then put it out on the couch. It was an expensive couch. It was a beautiful couch. It had no marks on it. Uh, It was barely ever used. It just stayed in the spare bedroom. And I don't know what caused it. My kids were very young. A lighter could not have done this. The thing that scared me about that is the house could have lit on fire. I mean, this thing was like a serious, this was like five or six inches of like a long burning slash. Talked to a friend of mine who really is really into the supernatural. And she said that, that's not, that's not good. That's a very aggressive entity. It's something is angry and trying to tell you something. This friend visited him immediately. And she started burning the stage around the house and around the room. But she said, this is serious. She was actually very concerned about it. To this day, I have no idea what caused this. And this is weird. As Claudio mentioned, he wasn't the only family member that noticed what was going on. My daughter noticed it as well. Claudio's daughter, who was six at the time, 
now 14, had the strangest encounter out of everyone in the family, and one of the strangest encounters I think I've ever heard of. Um, well, I'm not a very, very religious person, so I do believe in like spirits and stuff, and I definitely believe ghosts exist. I feel like there's no way that they don't, since all the stuff that my family's experienced in that house. So I remember we would always walk to the park, me and my family, with the dogs. And I always remember there being like a house that was like very old. There was always this girl there and she was just at her front lawn waving at me. In the front lawn, like right at the edge of the lawn, waving at me. I, I stopped and I waved back. She was wearing a nightgown and I remember her looking really frail and very skinny. She had very long hair. And she was very bony, like she was extremely skinny. I don't really remember what her face looked like. She would see this little girl repeatedly when on walks with her family, but the two never spoke. Um, I remember being like a very like shy, closed off kid and I did not like speaking to people I did not know. So I just waved back at her. But then this silent friendship elevated. She started coming to my house, which is weird. And I remember playing with her in my house. I remember I used to call her Mary Jo all the time. I would call her Mary Jo and I would, I remember telling my parents, oh, I'm gonna go hang out with Mary Jo and I would go in the backyard. I would have like tea parties in the backyard with a bunch of stuffed animals like normal kid would, but then Mary Jo would be there. Well, Z, when she was little, she would have these conversations with someone. Just walk in the room, she'd be having a conversation. But my parents always tell me that I had an imaginary friend that I would play with for like hours every day. As she got older, these playdates became fewer and far between until they stopped entirely. But the memories of her friend never did leave her. When we were moving and I had to clean up all my stuff, obviously, and I found a notebook with drawings in it and it had Mary Jo on it. And then it all came back to me, everything. So I remembered who Mary Jo was and all of that stuff just kind of like flew back in. I remember be asking my mom and just being like, so what happened to this house here? Like what happened to it? And she was so confused about what house I was talking about. she decided to look into it. So I went on to Google Maps and I tried to find it because I remember exactly where it was and it just didn't exist. It made me feel kind of uncomfortable because I like remember it so vividly. Throughout my whole childhood, it was always there, that house, and it doesn't exist. Like I remember the entire house. I remember seeing her mom in the window or like a lady, I presumed it was her mom, but I always remember people being in the house and it always had a house, never had cars though, never had a driveway, it was just grass. Her mom looked like sort of like off-putting, if that makes sense. Like when you're watching a horror movie and you see like, like obviously the villain or something in the movie um, was wearing the dress with like the hoop skirt and stuff and 
She was very like pioneer looking, if that makes sense, just like the girl that I would play with. And I figured out that it was not like an actual person. Her young curiosity grew and she was determined to find an answer. But I remember being very curious about like stuff that used to be on the land there. So my mom would take me to the museums for like my town and we would try to find who lived there before. We discovered, and this is so creepy, but it's a, we discovered that there was uh, a young girl that lived there um, on that property, not in this house, but on that property many, many years ago. Her name was Isabel and she passed away in this house. And my daughter's name is Isabel. And there was a girl with the same name as me who lived on the property, which was really, really weird. Um, I really have no idea why she did come to hang out with me all the time, but she did, so I guess it was for a good reason, and I hope I find out what that is someday. I think it might have to do something with us being kids. And I have like read somewhere, I can't remember that kids are more connected to the paranormal than adults because they have like more of like a fresh imagination, I guess. This one was really, really strange. Um, and I don't really speak a lot about this. This is one of those things where it happened, first of all, it happened so long ago. It was, it was a really tragic situation. Someone I cared about passed away. I, I used to go to visit her at the cemetery after she passed away. You know, as, as one does, you know, you go and you visit and it helps you to grieve. It helps you to, you know, to overcome, you know, such a huge loss. And I, I, I went there on my motorcycle and I left on my motorcycle. And I was doing about 120, maybe 140. Got pulled over by a police officer. You know, he, he uh, approached me. I gave him my information, license, insurance, proof of all that stuff. And then he proceeded to go to his car. And I remember I looked up at the sky I, I said her name and I said, can you believe this? I'm getting another ticket and all I'm doing is coming to visit you. <laughs> and it was this conversation that I was, you know, having. Police officer, I can see that he's struggling to get into his car, to unlock his car, to get in, to do a check on my insurance and license and all that stuff, right? Lee's, he, he starts walking towards me and he, I can see he's like shaking his head. And he walks in and goes, son, it's your lucky day. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I locked myself out of my car. There's no ticket for you today, even though you were doing three times the speed limit. So I don't know, I, I don't know. And I, you know, one of my theories is that we sometimes want to believe that there's something else out there because it just gives us hope in a way. There's a need for all of us to have some contact with 
people that have passed, you know, to have a, a connection. I think I think it's very difficult for us to to really accept the idea that one day we're not going to be here anymore. So I think the supernatural world, that realm, in a way, connects us and gives us a little bit of hope that we keep going on and on. Special thanks to Claudio Aprile and Z for sharing their story. If you have a sec, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It would mean a lot to us. Do you have a story you've been hiding? Submit it to us at hello.geist.podcast at gmail.com. Geist is written and directed by Danielle Matar. Original music and FX by Bo Jensen. Geist is mixed and mastered by Adam Esker. Logo design by Jake Carruthers. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and all social media platforms at geist underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, sleep tight.